0: Hello, everyone, and we are live for episode 48 of the Fitness Business Growth Podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Brooke Allbuck, who's close $8 million in fitness. How are you, Brooke?
1: I'm good, Jamie. How are you?
0: I am fantastic. So truth be told, we made this podcast last week, but someone had bad internet connection.
1: Me. I was sitting on the floor. I'm glad that didn't go live. <laughs> the good
0: news for the audience is though, we got all those reels from the first podcast and now we're going to have an hundred other reels. And today's topic is actually better than the last one we discussed. So last was mm-hmm. more about your journey, your story and your new brand she sells, which I do want to cover quickly. Mm-hmm. But today we are doing an objection handling masterclass. So first things first, Brooke, for those who don't know, why should we listen to you? And a word that comes out of your mouth? Introduce yourself.
1: So I'm Brooke. I'm currently a high ticket fitness closer. I've sold over eight million dollars in revenue over the last three years. So I think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have done lots of sales training and mentoring with different teams. So I'm, I'm get good at gooding people. I'm good at getting people from say a, you know, five out of ten to an eight nine out of ten.
0: So like all good salespeople, I am just going to quiz you on what you just said there. Mm-hmm. Eight million dollars in revenue Uh can you break down what that is made up of are you selling ten thousand dollar programs twenty one thousand are you selling memberships is that contract value what does that mean to you
1: so i'm selling six month and twelve month programs that range from 12 months now yeah ultras um ranging from four thousand dollars well well really three thousand dollars to six and a half thousand dollars over the phone in 30 minutes
0: okay so someone opts in for a facebook lead Go through a mini chat flow, end up mm-hmm. on your calendar, and you close them in under half an hour A 3000 to $6,000 program. Correct. Now, the audience at home, hi, my name's Jamie. I closed $1 million in eight months last year from April to December, so I know exactly what Brooke is selling. It's something I'm extremely proud of, Brooke, but it would not be possible without you and AP for guiding me through that journey. And Curtis, Curtis helped me so much, and I just cannot get him on this fucking podcast. He refuses. <laughs>
2: Why? I don't know. I don't know. But talk- he's like,
0: he's like one of the best fitness closers on planet Earth. That is just like hiding in the shadows.
1: Yeah, that's that's Curtis for you, the elusive Curtis.
0: <laughs> okay, so eight million in fitness. to $6,000 programs over the phone, hard for people to hear because they charge 28 days for one four night and get lots of cost objections, lots of think about it, lots of time, lots of partner objections. Hmm. Since selling 8 million in fitness, you mentioned before that you have started coaching other people. Can you expand on that?
1: Yes. So I'm coaching a few um, high ticket closing teams. So um, people who essentially they've hit a ceiling with their skill set. So they can't seem to increase their conversion rate or collect more cash. And so that's when I come in and we find their lowest hanging fruit and we fix it. So I didn't
0: know you could improve at sales because I thought it was just natural talent.
1: Yeah, well, it turns out you can. Okay. So yeah.
0: <laughs> so you go into a, a high ticket team. So mm-hmm. I know who it is. I'm not going to say their name, but if you're a male in Australia going through relationship problems, you would have seen their Facebook ads. I've seen these ads for like five years now Mm. and they sell a program that's worth $10,000. So a $10,000 program sold online. When you say taking someone from a five to an eight or a five to a 10, are you talking about... Their close percentage, their cash collection percentage are you talk like are you more bookings like how do you define that five to eight and when you go into a sales team, what are some of the things you're looking for
1: so i'm I'm talking more about like their ROI number one, so from a business perspective, it makes sense to have me come into the team because I'm gonna make them more profitable, so that looks like collecting more cash, closing more deals now for the salesperson itself it could it, it, it varies I mean some people are really good at collecting cash, but they suck at closing people you know one in 10 people, they'll yeah, they'll get a piff, but they're not closing the rest. So it's like, let's find their lowest hanging fruit in their process. Like, what is it? And then let's work on getting that as good as we can get it. And then let's refine. So change the one percenters. There's so many little one percenters that we can change, but that's, that's once it's already fixed, if that makes sense. Once we've actually addressed the bigger issue.
0: And what is typically the bigger issue?
1: So
2: I'll, I'll is.
0: jump in, I'll jump in there, Brooke. So mm-hmm. People think that you're going to go in and help Mm -hmm. people overcome Mm -hmm. objections. That's what people think. They think I need to get better at sales. I can't overcome objections when me and you both know it is not that at all. Mm -hmm. So what are those bigger things?
1: So finding their pain points, getting them to relive the pain, building the gap, Um, going deep enough with your your questioning, getting them to actually uncover the cost of not taking action. Like what does that look like? I think people don't build a big enough gap. You have to think if you're going to spend $10,000 on a program and you've got no problems to fix, you're not going to do it. So making sure you're finding the right problems, making sure you're getting them to relive the pain and then future pace them. Show them what a life looks like actually fixing this problem. And then pull the rug from under them and get them back to reality where they actually are.
0: So let's use the example of a woman over the age of 40, for example, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who has been 20 kilos overweight. Mm-hmm. She is miserable, not mm-hmm. having sex with her husband. Mm-hmm. Lights are off in the bedroom. Her partner hasn't seen her naked for 20 years. That's extremely fucking painful for that person. Yeah. Yeah. But it is very hard for that person to articulate themselves to say that out loud. And it is unbelievable what people will tell you over the phone if you are the trusted advisor. Mm. And I say to people all the time, Brooke, like, if you haven't had sex with your husband for 20 years, if you can't shop at your favorite shops, if you are embarrassed to go to the beach, what is that actually worth? Mm. Like, what is it actually worth? And it's more than $10,000. It's $20,000. It's 30000 mm. And I fucking believe that to my core.
1: Mm. You have to find the cost of your product or program or service. You have to find 10K worth of reasons why it's going to fix their problem.
0: Okay. So you go into a team, you help them upstream in the phone call, mm-hmm. dig into their pain to overcome, I guess, to find their $10,000 reason. Mm-hmm. What's next?
1: So once you've found it, um, you obviously pitch. So you are making sure that you're sharing more about how this is going to be the solution for them. You're tying it in. You're tying it back to addressing their specific problems, okay? This is needs to sound like a tailor-made solution for them, okay? Once you've pitched, you're getting confirmation from them that this sounds like it could actually work for them, and then you're closing.
0: How can someone sell $10,000 online and gym owners – Believe to their core that their fifty dollars a week membership for unlimited sessions, nutrition guides, and accountability is too expensive. So, number how, one, how would you over, help me overcome that?
1: Yeah. So, number one, they don't have a skill set, and number two, limiting beliefs. So, if you feel uncomfortable asking for credit card details or thinking that your program is too expensive, your prospect's going to feel that.
0: That's a big one for gym owners. Mm-hmm. I remember when Mitch worked at fit and fast at Charlestown in 2012.
2: Mm-hmm. He was
0: a membership consultant memberships were $7 a week. We were fully into bodybuilding. Then we were doing the typical bro split. Mm-hmm. and Mitch couldn't actually believe that people would fork out 60 an hour for personal training because he was 22 years old. He was mm-hmm. broke and he wouldn't have done it. It doesn't mean that the woman over the age of 40 with 20 kilos to lose doesn't like When I take my car to the mechanic, I'm sure they just pull a rod out and put a new one in. What's that worth to me? Having my fucking car on the road. (laughs) A mechanic wouldn't pay another mechanic. I wouldn't pay another personal trainer.
1: Yeah. But Jamie, that also ties into objection handling, right? You generally get an objection that you would give yourself. So how on earth can you expect your prospect to not ask their partner if you wouldn't behave in that exact same situation?
0: Of course. So it all
1: comes, it really all does come to your own mindset and to actually looking internally at yourself and figuring out what are you portraying onto your prospects, taking stream ownership.
0: You mentioned two things, skill set and belief. Mm -hmm. From my experience, the belief ruins everything. What is your thought on that?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree. So generally speaking, like most business owners have a really good, conversion rate because they have such belief, right? But that will only get you so far, okay? Because what tends to happen is they just expect everyone to buy because how could they not? Look at this great product. It's so shiny and it's going to work for you. They do a lot of, of um, you know, program benefits. Like this is this is why you need to join. Yeah. But then when someone does throw it, I need to think about it or I need to talk to my partner, that's where belief stops. And that's where you enter that objection handling mode, Right you get really combative. You're kind of like, you take offense to it. But objections are just concerns. It's not a rejection. You're not getting rejected. It's generally just them wanting more information. You're asking them to commit to paying $10,000 before they've even seen the program.
0: So So, I'll summarize what you said there. mm -hmm. Typically the owner themselves can sell very well, but their staff can't. And I can 100% testify to that because I am Mr. Breakthrough Active Mm-hmm. I've been Mr. Breakthrough Active, not, not anymore, but for seven years I was. And with no sales skills at all, I'm the owner. I'll take care of you. Look at these results. I can help you. And mm-hmm. my conviction and belief in my gym, because it's mine, would just overcome all those objections. I didn't even have a chance to get to it. Mm-hmm. But if you hire someone off the street who isn't Mr. Breakthrough Active, they are going to struggle to sell because they haven't got the conviction you have. And then they need the skills. Correct. So Belief
1: multiplied by skill is the winning combo.
0: It's interesting, Brooke, because 12 months ago, I literally thought Jim just need more leads. That was what I thought. Mm-hmm. And I realized just what a factor belief actually is. And the, the first belief can be like, I don't want to invest money into ads because I'm not guaranteed a definitive return. Mm. And I just think to myself, "Fuck that's hypocritical, because mm. people are paying you, and they're not guaranteed a result. And wow. then you agree with, and then you agree with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah they' not guaranteed. Yeah. I understand your objection. Like, oh, it is just like I find gym owners in particular, some of the most hypocritical people on Earth, mm. because for example, like they track their calories, they track their mac- macros, they do everything to do with their own body, but they don't track the numbers in their business. Right. And yeah, it's it just like, sense. doesn't make sense. And then just those beliefs, whether you like it or not, they are going to translate into how you market your business, how you sell your business, what you charge for your business. The biggest one I get, broke all the time are beliefs around contracts. I, I would never join a gym that had contracts. Mm. So, for example, the woman that buys a 26 week program, it's for her benefit. She cannot have an exit row. She's Mm -mm. exited too many times. We need to have her on that corridor, walking down that path. And whether you like it or not, you can sell someone, but like if they have a financial commitment, it is more painful. Another cost of inaction. Mm -hmm. I don't want to waste my money. It is an absolute massive driver of success.
1: Yeah. 100%. You can't give them one foot in, one foot out. I mean, how is that you serving your prospect? Mm. You're not.
0: You know, it's also crazy, Brooke, to back to gym owners. I'm not, not, I don't want to just register on gym owners or podcast. Like the, these things I hear all the day, right? Like, So for example, if you sell someone a 28-day challenge, right, and they've had an amazing experience for a month, and then they buy a month-to-month membership, they're just doing another fucking 28-day challenge, like mm. challenge, challenge, challenge. After 28 days, if your program is as good as you say it is, that's important. It has to be good they are ready to make that six or 12-month commitment. Yeah. And if anytime fitness, Globo Gym, do 18 months, you sure as hell can do six.
1: Yeah,
0: 100%. Okay. So, Brooke, I want to get into today's actual topic, which Mm. is Objection Handling Masterclass. Now, typically business coaches would charge $25,000 for this, so thank you for sharing your knowledge with our audience. But I want to start with, I guess, defining the term objection.
2: Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. people
0: have different definitions of the word. People feel very differently when they hear that word. In your mind, Brooke, what what is an objection?
1: So an objection is just a concern, okay? You should be expecting your prospect to have concerns, all right? And it's not a rejection of you, okay, which is typically why people go into that objection handling mode. They become reactive. Okay. You know, but you said this earlier, you said that you didn't need to ask your husband for permission because it is just an FYI. You know, they get into that mode and this is the worst time to go into that selling mode. You don't want to persuade them with logical facts on why your solution is good for them. You you don't want to do that.
0: So let's define concern. What do you mean it's a concern?
1: It's a, it's a roadblock. It's an obstacle. It's something that's in their way.
0: And that could be like, Literally, like, hey, like, I don't get paid until Thursday. Is that okay? (laughs) Like, it can be as simple as that. Mm -hmm. So, an objection is just a concern. Mm
2: -hmm. Yep.
0: And then from there, I guess I would categorize there's two types of objections. I'd love to get your opinion. Mm -hmm. There are fear based objections Mm -hmm. and there are logistical objections. So, can you describe to the audience what a logistical objection is, please?
1: Mm-hmm. So logistical, you've got time, money, partner, and you can try and overcome them. In fact, you have to overcome them. You have to tie them off before you can enter, you know, fear-based objections. But essentially there are things that are getting in their way that actually may involve you needing to do a follow-up. So for instance, like you said earlier, I don't get paid till Thursday. Can I start then? Or it's just an FYI with my partner. There's just no way we can, you know, work around me spending $10,000 unless I've
0: yeah. got his approval. So I think it's important to say that like logistical objections exist. Mm-hmm. There is a certain percentage of women that literally need to ask their husband's permission. Yeah. And if you try and handle that objection with, you don't care about your goals, if you're not motivated. It's like, I need to talk to my partner. You're like, you just don't understand. Mm. It also gives you permission that you're not going to close 100% of people.
1: Exactly, exactly. The first thing you have to do is try and understand your prospect. You need to put yourself in their shoes, okay? You. you there is no way, like I said earlier, if you wouldn't spend $10,000 on a problem because you'd need to ask your partner, how on earth can you expect someone else to do that?
0: So logistical objections are things that are, it's the definition, it's a logistical objection. Like I mm-hmm. need to talk to my partner. Mm-hmm. I need to cancel this before I start. I cannot start until after Christmas because I'm going to Europe. Like there are, I, I guess logistical objections, a better way would be there are objections that, that are real. Mm. It's a reality. And mm-hmm. they typically actually make sense. Like, yeah, I, I understand that. Like you have to like, like of course, mm-hmm. but what, what most people get confused with is the other one, which are fear-based objections. So Brooke, what, what's a fear-based objection?
1: It's the, I need to think about it or fear of failure. And nine times out of 10, I would actually go and say, and this is just my opinion, but 90% of prospects will throw a logistical objection at you to cover up their fear of failure objection.
0: So that's really important, right? Because it's easier to say, I can't afford this than Brooke. I'm fucking scared that I'm going to fail again and be miserable for the next five years.
1: 100%.
0: The reason why we have those definitions is, Logistical objections, in my opinion, it's 1%. It is 1% of the audience, Mm -hmm. but the other 99% are fear. I need to think about it, but they will give you a logistical objection because it's so much easier than telling you the truth. And why would they tell you the truth? They just met you.
1: Exactly. Exactly. They're not. So that actually brings me to my next point. You know, you want to get them into a resourceful state of mind before going into a collaborative conversation around their objection. Because if they're in cost-based thinking or you've said something that's triggered them, you're not ever going to get a truthful response. I mean, how can you believe someone who has entered cost-based thinking and they tell you that it's too expensive? You know, what do you mean by it's too expensive? Like explain that to me.
0: Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So in regards to just the fear-based objections, right, like I just mm-hmm. want to get this really, really clear. If you try and overcome a logistical objection
2: mm-hmm.
0: with fear-based objection handling, the prospect is going to think you are a typical salesperson who isn't understanding. And that's the biggest thing I see, Brooke. Like when you do come across the rare core recording that log- is logistical, they try and overcome it with fear and it's really insulting. Like,
1: yeah, you haven't actually listened to their concern. You've just gone and assumed that they're scared. So, you're going to start going into all these mindset reframes and, you know, getting them to rethink their thought process and all of that. But you haven't actually overcome their concern, which is it's too expensive.
0: So, when you say resourceful state, like, what, what do you mean by that? You need to how would them. you get someone into a resourceful state?
1: So, you need to make sure that they think this is the solution for them. Because then they're willing to work on how to make it work as opposed to thinking for reasons not to do it.
0: Can I get an example of you're taking someone through a phone call mm-hmm. and you want to put me in a resourceful state? Mm-hmm. What would you say? What would you do?
1: Yeah. So just after the pitch. So Jamie, does this sound like it could actually be the solution for you to, to get this 25 kilos off?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. I sensed a bit of a bit of uncertainty there. Is, is is there anything that you want to go over with me in your mind?
0: I've just tried it before, mm. and like it all sounds great, and like it all makes sense. But I've just I've I've done this before.
2: Hmm.
1: Okay. And would it be okay if I, I share a perspective on that?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Of course.
1: What do you think is riskier? going away and, and not doing anything else because you've tried it all before or taking that leap and trying something new so that you could, I don't know, maybe lose that 25 kilos.
0: I can't even say anything to you right now because it makes so much sense. <laughs> like, but, like, but that's how you do it, right? Like The person like legitimately, like you've you had a bad experience, acknowledged the experience, but if you have one bad experience, like it's not like you give up on dating.
1: Exactly right. Exactly right. And so then, Jamie, after you would have answered that question, I mean, how would you even answer that? But let's just say you said, oh, well, yeah, the, the, you know, the first one's more riskier. Okay, so do you think this is the thing that's going to help you lose at 25 kilos? Yes, I do. Okay, resourceful state. You know now this is the solution for them. That's when you would go into the investment.
0: Yeah, so before you get into like the actual – Investment. This is the price. Mm. That is what you need to put them in a resourceful state. Correct. And you need to. Well, I would call that in my world, and I guess we're we're kind of in the same world. Mm. A trial close.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. It's probably the best. The biggest thing I got from UNAP off that script was a trial close. Mm.
2: Because
0: occasionally I just will rush through to the end, get their card details, and I could sense it. Like, yep, it's four, Mm. five, six. Oh, hang on. Like, (laughs)
1: Hello. Are you still there?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm gonna. Give the audience what my exact trial close is. I got it from mm-hmm. you an AP. Mm-hmm. And after you pitch your product, for example, to be so like, do you think this could like, like get you to your goal, get you to your goal, like upwardsly inflect with a curious tone because mm. you want them to say, it sounds great, but can I start on Thursday? Because if they don't say that, or you don't overcome the objection, the concern, they all say it's too expensive. I can't afford it when they just can't pay until Thursday.
1: That's correct. So you need to know that they think this is for them. That's what you're trying to achieve here.
0: Yeah. And that's the exact opposite of most salespeople, right? They try and avoid the objection. They try and sweep it under the rug and just hope it doesn't appear. It is going to appear.
1: Mm-hmm. It will poke its head through and usually it will result in a hang-up on, on the worst time as well, which is collecting that, that, that deposit yeah. or that payment.
0: And if that happens and they hang up on you on giving card details, imagine the level of embarrassment that person would feel it's no wonder they ghost you
1: yeah yeah that's it that's it hey
0: scott <laughs> what's going on mate come back in
1: how funny he just pokes his head through i just said that and then he poked yeah. his head through <laughs>
0: um so we'd like the other, the other great one i used too i got from you is like did anything stand out or, or resonate in particular hmm. That question is amazing because like, they all sell themselves into the program. Yeah, like I just, I think you're right. Like I need to come three times a week. Before I, I, I tried to go five days a week and I went to other programs and I had an injury and they weren't like catering towards it. So it's really great. And I like the fact that your accountability. They're selling themselves. And then you say, okay, well, let's go some more details and get you booked in. Yeah, <laughs> like,
1: these are a MasterCard. What, where do you want to go?
0: <laughs> yeah, and that question is great for two reasons. Either you find out what the logistical concern could be mm, mm. or perhaps they, they they're still not sure or they absolutely love it and you can ask for those card details with your chest up proud and loud
1: mm. and something i do want to mention on that as well that's going to blow your mind and you're going to love this um is when you do ask that question let's just say sometimes if they're not fully bought in they'll say something like oh you know the the accountability and like the education stuff and you would say to them come on jamie When you join a gym, you're not excited about the treadmills. You're excited about what the treadmills can do. So what are you really excited for in this program? What really stood out for you. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I'm excited because I need my hand held in this. I cannot do it by myself. So Mm. you've turned a surface level answer into something that they're actually looking forward to in this program.
0: And people naturally avoid conflict. So they give you a false yes. Yeah, this sounds great. In the back of their mind, they're thinking like, I've tried this before this is terrible. Mm. Brooke's a nice person. I'm just not going, to, I'm, t- I'm going to tell her at the end of the call I can't afford it yeah. because I don't want to tell her the truth.
1: Yeah, exactly. So if you're getting that kind of response, you've somewhere upstream have created some kind of resistance and you've made your prospect feel like they're in a sales process.
0: It's amazing, Brooke. Someone slid into my DM the other day and asked for a core recording and I reviewed the call and he's talking about Muay and he's mm-hmm. talking about the jab cross hook uppercut Like he's going such, so into the weeds of everything it includes. I have to get shin pads. I have to get guards. You're selling them out of the program. They want to try Muay Thai. Now they need to buy an entire new wardrobe. Get them into the gym. Get them experiencing Mm. Muay Thai and say, hey, like you don't want to hurt your shins, right? Mm. Potentially, Mm. perhaps you could get some shin guards. So Mm. when people give details about their program, you sell someone out of the program. Mm. It was a training by AP actually. It was just like when it was questions asked around like, oh, like, do you guys count calories? And if you say yes, and that person hates counting calories, you're done. Done. So you could just say, oh, I'm like, just curious. What makes you ask that question?
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's just, it's so hard to fit pros, Brooke, and I get it because they live and breathe it. They've been doing bodybuilding for 10 years. Mm. They like push pull. They like legs. They like thoracic rotation. They like thoracic extension and they can't fucking help themselves. Yeah. But you cannot help someone unless they're in front of you at the gym. Mm-hmm. And for that process to take happen, you need to have a better sales process to get them in. Mm-hmm. And then you can talk about talk about all the stuff that matters.
1: Yeah, exactly. You can lead the horse to the water, but you can't make them drink it. So I think for gym owners as well, like they know what needs to be done. They, they've done it. They know what needs to happen. And I feel like sometimes they can... That's how they will talk to their prospects. It's like, you need to do this. Like, I know it's going to work. And that's yeah. sometimes not what their prospect wants to hear.
0: Yeah. Brooke, I want to lose weight. Oh, yeah, we'll get you counting your calories. Yep. Six days a week, Sunday, high protein, lots of yeah. water. <laughs> Just like, oh, like, you want to lose weight? Why is that important? Yeah, what's been going on? hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I guess when you, when you really break down what it takes to get in shape, i.e. there is some form of calorie deficit, there is some form of movement, some progressive overload and training. hmm The person literally just thinks that if they go to your gym and get sweaty, they're going to get the result. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you bombard them with the actual truth Mm. and it just scares them even more. Yeah. The person that was scared, the person that's already failed, giving them more things to do, therefore increasing their anxiety, therefore giving them things to think about it. It's Mm -hmm. no surprise. They say, I need to think about it.
1: Exactly. That's
2: exactly right.
0: Yeah. And they're building values through the ice baths, not questions. Mm. Mm -hmm. I've got to have an ice bath on Saturday, (laughs) (laughs) rook. All right, so let's talk about resourceful state of mind, trial closing. So just making sure that they believe that you do have the solution, mm. because if they don't, they will give you an objection because they don't want it. Yeah. You can't sell something they don't want it. Exactly. But I'm going to assume, Brooke, that this is the perfect phone call.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm going to assume that you've done the perfect trial close. Mm-hmm. You've put them in a resourceful state, mm-hmm. as we both know. Mm-hmm. You can still get objections Mm -hmm. as part of being a salesperson. That just happens. So I'd like to do a bit of Mm role-playing. So my name is Jamie. It's a a girl's name too. I'm a woman over the age of 40 Mm -hmm. with 20 kilos to lose. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give you some objections. So let's just say that you've, if you want to start at the investment piece, then I'll play along. And I promise people at home, I'm not going to be easy on Brooke. (laughs) I'm going to put us to the test.
1: You told me you were. (laughs)
0: we'll see how you go so 20 kilos to lose woman over the age of 40 haven't been in shape for 20 years i do think this program can help me cool
1: okay so jamie the investment needed for you to lose this 20 kilos so that you can run around with your kids and be the mum and wife you know you can be is 3297 now we do have options to split that up but at the end you you know you end up paying more over the time for the same thing so where would you like to go from here
0: can you just clarify, like, how much is it?
1: 3297, Jamie.
0: So 3297. That's correct. Um, And what are the other options?
1: So we can split it up. We have a 12-month payment plan that breaks it down to really manageable amounts. But, you know, really just depends on how you want to proceed from here.
0: Um, What was the, so just 3297? Mm-hmm. And what was the 12-month amount? Can you break that down for us, please, yeah. if you don't mind?
2: Yeah, so it's $70 per week across 12 months. 70 that's doable. Okay. Doable? But I just need to think about it. Are you there, Jamie?
0: You've just cut out, yeah. So I just need to think about it.
2: You need to think
1: about it. Okay. Yeah, like I just
0: you're just giving me a lot to take in today.
1: Yeah, so is there anything that while I'm, while you've got me on the phone is there anything you want to go over in your mind just before we go?
0: So like like what happens like do I start now or do I start like Monday like ha- how does it work?
1: Yeah, so that's a, that's a really good question Jamie. So what we would do from here is there is a nutrition and exercise intake form you would need to complete just to give your practitioner a bit more understanding of your medical history. We book you in for your onboarding call with your practitioner, and that's where they really do the onboarding. They explain to you how the first seven days is going to work, and they build out a bit of a game plan with you, okay? So you really just start from when you have that first call.
0: And that, like, it's just, I'm going away this weekend. Like, is it, is it okay if we do it, like, like late next week?
1: Okay. Why, why do you say that, Jamie?
0: I'm just going away, like I'm literally logistically. I'm literally going away over the weekend for my family. I got married, and my honeymoon's coming up, so I'm in Cairns for like seven days. Yeah, can I do it when I get back?
1: Well, I mean, you can. It's it's up to you. Can I just share a perspective, though?
0: No, but but I mean, like, can I just like like move ahead, but like book the first call, like when I get back from Cairns?
1: Yeah, that's completely fine.
0: Yeah. And that's literally, literally how a call would go.
1: Yeah. Okay. Like, like, <laughs> like yeah, you're,
0: sorry. You're here? <laughs> yeah. But like, like the concern was literally like, I want to think about it because I just wasn't sure how to get started. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And what I loved what you did there is when I asked, what's the price? You just shut up. What's the 12 month price? Mm-hmm. And at that point, Brooke, as you know, oh, like what's the 12 month price? I'd 70 bucks. It includes X, Y, Z. And they just keep on talking. And right there is when you sell someone out of your program. That's
1: exactly right. I was cool. I was calm and I was confident. So I didn't, I wasn't jumping in with all the program benefits and, you know, oh, we can do it a little. I just sat back. I said what it was exactly answering the questions. My word vocab was limited. I was tight. I just let you think about it, which is what everyone needs to do when they're making a decision. You do need, there's that internal, internal tension building up that you need to actually work through.
0: Yeah. When you said 12 months, seventy a week, I literally just in my head, I thought, yeah, breakthrough active 66. That, that makes sense. That's reasonable. Mm. But that was, that was the thought process I was going through in my head. Yeah,
1: that's it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it. And did you see what you did there as well? I told, I said earlier, a concern is usually the prospect wanting more information. And you did exactly that. I need to think about it. Imagine if I said, okay, Jamie, get back to me next week. I would have lost that sale, but instead I probed a little bit more. I clarified the objection and I overcame, I diffused it. I disarmed the prospect because all that was needed was a little bit more information about what's involved in getting started.
0: Okay. So let's think about it, right? Let's go through that again, but I want to give you a different example. Mm -hmm. So pitch me the price Mm -hmm. and I'll say, I think about it and we can go from there. Cool.
1: So the investment needed for you to lose that 25 kilos so that you can run around with your kids and, and be that mum and wife that you know you can be is 3297. Okay. We do have options to split that up, but most of our women- Sorry, how much, Brooke? 3297. So
0: 3297. That's correct. And you said there are other options? Like, like what are the options?
1: Yeah. So we do have options to extend it over 12 months, which brings it down to around $70 per week.
0: Yeah, like the money's on it. Like the the money's fine, but I've got to tell you, Brooke, I'm just I'm the type of person that just has to has to think about things. I have to just go away and process this.
1: Okay, can I ask? I mean, what makes you think? Like, why why do you think you need to do that? Like, talk me through your thought process.
0: You just give me a lot to go through. Like, we're just like it's just a lot to take in, and I just. I'm the type of person that just has to. I always think about things before making decisions.
1: Mm. Okay, can I can I share a perspective on that, Jamie? Yep. Do you think that there needs to be some uncharacteristic decision making in order to see some uncharacteristic results? What do you mean by that? Well, every decision you've ever made has led you to this point. So, do you think you can trust? that decision-making process to give you the answer that you know
2: that you need to make in order to lose that 30 kilos? Yeah, I guess not. Mm. So where do you want to go from here, Jamie?
0: So what was the price again?
1: So you've got two options, 3297, that's the most cost-effective way to do it. Or if you prefer to break it up, we can break it up across 12 months.
0: And like, like I... – I'm just worried that, like, I just I've done this before. Like, like who, like what happens, and like who's my coach going to be? And like, have they worked with someone like me before who's gone through these issues?
1: Sorry, Jamie, I, I missed that. You froze for a second. Yeah.
0: Have they worked with someone like me before who's experienced these issues where, like, I just can't lose weight?
1: Okay, I mean, what what makes you ask that, Jamie? I'm
0: just I've, I've tried, like, I've I've done Lucy Rhodes before, I've done Weight Watchers before, and they would all sounded great too. And I just want to. make sure that I'm making the right decision and just it's really important to me that the coach understands like and understands that I'm Mm gluten-free
1: and I mean Jamie do you believe that you can do this
0: yeah 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 okay and but I I need help
1: yeah okay so and do you think that this what I've what we've talked about do you think
2: that this could actually be the thing that helps you lose that 30 kilos Are you there, Brooke? Yeah, I'm still here.
0: Yeah, cool. I think your internet's playing up again. That's right. Stay alive with you. Uh, Hello. Okay. Can you hear me? Are you there, Brooke?
2: Yeah, I'm here. You got me? You got me now? It Sounds good.
0: Yeah, we're good.
1: Okay.
0: All right. So that's how you handle, I need to think about it, Mm -hmm. and both objections, one was about When do I start? Mm -hmm. What does the program include? Mm -hmm. And the other one was around like, well, does the coach understand? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does the coach understand what it's like to work with someone like me? And that they're just two genuine concerns that anyone would have if they're about to invest $3,000 into a program. And that's where like, you just remained calm. You overcame the concern and it was just so good because you just didn't react. You didn't respond. You didn't start talking. You just asked questions and you just probed. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so in your in your opinion all think about it so is is a think about it objection is that one always fear or does sometimes i need to think about it turn into a cost turn into a partner or do you feel like that objection in particular is purely based around like well what happens if i fail
1: i think that the think about it objection is usually a fail one um because like you always say jamie i'll never forget it you know you're not going to go away and sit on your rocking chair, chair and, and drink a tea and, and actually think about this. So it's definitely. Just so be-
0: you know, I stole that from Alex Amosi. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I um, it's called,
0: it's called the rocking chair close.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. love that because they're not going to do that. So when they say think about it, what are they actually wanting to think about? You know?
0: Yeah. Fuck it, fuck! I love that close, mm. Brooke. Like, let's be honest. Like, you're not going to go away. In the corner of your house, sit in a chair, put your finger on your thumb, and think about do you want to lose these twenty kilos so that you can go to the beach with the kids, so that you can feel comfortable in clothes, so that you can feel like your old self. So if you don't mind me saying like what is it that's holding you back? Yeah. That was like exactly how I just handled objection. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That is such a, I mean, it also just breaks it down a little bit. They and they feel like you're on the same side of the table. You're having a collaborative conversation. You've got their best interests at heart and you're overcoming a concern
2: that they don't at this moment feel safe to share with you. Hey there, Brooke.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna to connect to my hotspot, Jamie. So will I will it cut me out though if I disconnect?
0: I think we're good. I think we can I think we can persist for now.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Cool. Sorry, audience, we're having technical difficulties. Sorry. Uh, I got a good friend that lives in Perth. He always says West is best. I disagree with him. East is best. Brooke, do you wanna to disconnect to your hotspot?
2: Sorry, guys. Just trying to get Brooke back on the line. Jamie, you there. Yep are
1: back. I'm on my hotspot. I'm so sorry. I don't know. It must be this time of day. The afternoon just gets, I don't know, crappy internet reception.
0: <laughs> We're back. It's all good. It's all good. So that was really good. So we've handled one of the three objections, which is I need to think about it. Mm-hmm. What I want to cover next is, in my opinion, the hardest one to overcome, which is uh, I need to talk to my partner mm-hmm. because what I do find is this one is, 99 times out of 100, it's actually, I need to think about it. Yeah. And the way I describe this objection is it's literally just the easiest thing to say.
2: Mm. And
0: it's so accepted in society to say like, I need to talk to my partner first.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So let's go through it again.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And same person, Sally wants to lose 20 kilos and I need to talk to my partner.
1: Cool. Okay. So the investment needed for
2: you to lose is 20 kilos, Sally, so that you, you can-
0: all right.
2: You can hear me? Jamie? Hello. Hey there, Brooke. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you there seems to be a lag can you hear no? me? Can you hear me? Hello.
0: I've got you perfectly now, yeah. You got me now? We're still live, by the way, so everyone's just watching along saying this is very frustrating.
1: Oh, it is frustrating. I'm just as frustrated. <laughs> I've got you now. Can you hear me? Can you hear me?
0: Jamie. <laughs> it's all good. Cool. I've got you now. You've got can me you now.
1: Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you.
0: I, th- I think there is a lag. Hang on. One second.
2: Bloody Internet. You there?
1: Yep, I'm here. I've just switched back to my Wi-Fi. Is that better?
0: You got me now. We're good. Yep, we're good. Let's rock in. The <laughs> pitch is perfect. <laughs> all right. So, all right. We're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about. That'll be really enjoyable on Spotify on the long road trip to Sydney tomorrow. Just like, oh, it's. <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right. So we're gonna talk about partner. I was saying I find it difficult to overcome because it starts the next layer of objections. It's literally the easiest thing to say. So I'm Sally, 20 kilos to lose, haven't lost it for 10 years. I'm in a resourceful state. I feel like the program can help me, but I say the older partner objections. Let's start from the top. Mm
1: -hmm. All right, Sally. So the investment needed for you to lose this 20 kilos so that you can run around with your kids and and be the mum and the wife that you want to be is 3297. Okay.
0: 3297 3,
1: That's correct, yes. Now, we do have options to split that up across 12 months, which makes the payment more manageable, but you end up paying more for the same
2: thing. So where would you like to go from here?
0: So just to be clear, like if I pay up front, it's, it's 3297 three two nine seven three thousand two hundred ninety seven, 3297 or you do have the option to, to, to pay it off over 12 months just just like a membership.
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: Okay. Um are there any other options?
1: Uh well, I mean, we can be we can break up the pif um so that you're still saving yourself that that $500. We can do it across a few different payments. But I mean, money aside, Jamie, is this actually something you want to do?
0: Oh, 100%. Like I absolutely want to do it. It's just with something like this like I I probably need to talk to my partner.
1: Okay, yeah. I mean I get it. It makes sense. So I mean, just so I understand though, is it is it an FYI or, or a permission thing?
0: Oh, I just like Just just need to like run it by him and just like I, I just I want his support, not just like but the money's not a problem. I want him just to like support me on this program. So like you know what it's like. When he comes home with like food, and I'm eating other food. And like, mm-hmm. like, can he can he do it too? Like, will he like get benefit from the program too? Like, what, what, what? Like, how's that work?
1: Yeah, of course, Jamie. I mean, this is something that you both can do. It really fits in with your, your lifestyle, so we can make it work. But let, let's go back to the support thing that you said. I mean, why is that important to you?
0: Just to ensure that like he's not it's, he's not bringing home food. He's not leading me astray. Um, it's really, really important for him to lose his weight and he just, he's never had a problem.
1: Hey, Sally, have you, have you heard the saying heavy is the head that wears the crown? Yeah. Well, it was thought that it was the weight of the crown itself because it's solid gold. But what that saying really means is heavy is the weight of responsibility. So for yourself wanting to be a better mum and wife for your family, would it, would it be reasonable to think that that decision would, would lay on your shoulders rather than your husband's?
0: Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's my decision. I have to lose the weight. Like it's, it's, it's got nothing to hit. Like, I mean, he, he will support me. It was more just I just wanted to like just, you, you know, run it by him quickly.
1: Hmm. Well, I mean, if it is just an FYI and I guess the money works, where, where do you want to go from here?
0: So if I sign up, sign up and like just my partner gives me the thumbs up, like what, what, what happens next?
1: So we'd walk you through the next steps, which is to book in that onboarding call with your practitioner. We'd do a few admin bits and pieces. There is a nutrition and exercise intake form I'd need you to complete just to make sure your practitioner has that, you know, previous medical history info. So that's where we would go from here.
0: And if if I, for example want to do like the payment plan, and I run it by him and he says, can you pay in full? is it still possible for me to get a discount?
1: Yeah, Jamie, just get back in touch with me and we can sort that out for you.
0: I'm not giving her easy answers. That is what happens. Mm. It's literally what happens. They don't need to talk to their partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I love that frame that I gave you, that responsibility, heavy is the head that wears the crown because that's getting her to understand that it is her responsibility. It may not necessarily be her fault, but it is her problem. It is her responsibility. It's not fair to abdicate that responsibility onto your partner. He's not the one mm. with the weight issue. You are. What do you need to do today before you hang up the phone to ensure that you're putting yourself in the best possible position to lose that 20 kilos, to be a better mum, to be a better wife? What do you need to do?
0: And when you say reframe, I guess what you're trying to do is give them a new perspective. Crap. I used to do it with mums. They'd say like, I can't lose the weight because of my kids. Mm-hmm. So, like, do you, do you resent your kids? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't say it like that. Oh, like you, do so you feel like you, you haven't lost this weight since you've had your children? Like how long has it been since you've been 20 kilos lighter? Oh, 10 years. How old is your youngest kid? Three. Oh, so it was like happening before that too. Mm. Like, it's just reframing it. And I, I think Brooke that we're just so great at lying to ourselves.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because
0: it, it is so hard to look man in the mirror. Like it's your fault.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's exactly right. It's so you have to have a strong responsibility frame because they need to know that it's their responsibility, not their partners, not their kids, not their
2: personal trainers, theirs.
0: Yeah. It's not the program.
2: Mm-mm. Yeah. One thing that,
0: I think I would say about partner objections is like when it is, the, when it is the permission and it does happen and you don't want to make them feel bad about it because you've got no idea what's happening in their life. They may have, a, they may have an asshole of a partner, mm-hmm. which is the reality for some people. Yeah. How, do you, how do you handle that? And for, for my sales guys, Dylan, Bryce, Angus, Adrian, please listen. <laughs> Someone logistically has to talk to their partner. Mm-hmm. What would your follow-up process be like? To increase the likelihood that you will get them back on the phone.
2: Yeah.
1: So I first of all would say, hey, Jamie, I hope you don't mind me asking, but what, what happens if your partner says no? What, what then? So I'm putting it, putting it back on them Yeah. and I'm getting them to tell me, well, no, if he says no, then I suppose I would. You know, they're, they're, you, you're still getting them to see, you're poking holes in their logic here. Because if their partner says no, what well, are they just meant to keep this 30 kilos on? Like, what is their goal for them? And that is coming from a place of genuine care,
0: mm. you know?
1: They usually, yeah. though, Jamie would respond to that question with, he won't say no. Okay. And then it's just
0: about a matter of running by and we're back to exactly. FYI. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So if if he wouldn't say no and and the money works, I mean, what's really holding you back, Jamie? That's the that's the, the the cycle. If it is a permission thing and they say, oh, well, if he says no, I can't do it, then you just go into that that I suppose that coaching frame. So it's like, okay, is there anything you'd like me to send you, or is there anything I can help you in presenting this to him so that you can get the answer that you want? Yeah. They would then say, Yep, look, I, I'd love to just have something that he likes going over things. He likes reading it. So is there anything you can put into an email for me? And I'll say, Yep, is there anything in particular you'd like in that email? Make yeah. sure it's personable to them. And then I would make sure within the next twenty four hours, so really tight turnarounds here, that you get them back on the phone. You can even suggest Ugh, and say, yeah. Look, I've there's had There's nothing
0: more there's nothing oh, when do you talk to your partner? Oh, next Thursday. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and Next it's a Thursday. smoke screen. That, that's not that, – that, see, that means they're not in a resourceful state. They're just trying to get you off the phone. So if, if they're going to yeah. take a week to talk to their partner about something that they need to do, it doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah. I'm not perfect, Brooke. I've handled a logistical objection with fear-based objection handling mm. and I always felt like a piece of shit after the call because mm. if that person has got an unsupportive partner mm. and they literally need him to say yes because they control the bank account mm. – if you go into it and say, oh, doesn't your partner support you? Mm. Doesn't he support you? Like, oh, don't you make the decisions? Imagine how she feels when she gets off the phone.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, not only is she not going to achieve her goal because her partner is going to say no, you've just made it very clear that, like, hey, like, you need to leave your partner. <laughs> so, like, I'm, one thing I'm really proud of, Brooke, we've sold over 2,000 people now into gym wow. since May, which is really cool. Mm. And like we haven't had one bad review. And what I mean by that is we haven't had any potential sale go back to a gym owner and say, hey, the sales guys are pushy. I haven't left a review. And it's just because we handle objections with love, care, and kindness. And as you said, it's not an objection. It's a concern. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just a concern.
1: That's exactly right. It's a concern. So how would you overcome a concern if your friend came to you and said, hey, this guy I'm dating, you know, keeps turning his phone upside down?
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: You know, you're not going to start getting all angry and impatient and into that objection handling mode. You're going to try and figure out a, a way around that or, or an approach, you know, like it, mm. it, it, it's a collaborative conversation. You're inviting them into a conversation that you're going to have with them to uncover what is holding them back from making a decision with you.
0: Yeah, 100%. All right, Brooke, let's move on to the third one, cost. Mm-hmm. So I can't afford it. Now, I'd love your opinion on this. I forget what the the actual acronym is, but it's like when you break down their expenses, mm-hmm. like you spend X amount on food, X amount on cigarettes, X amount on alcohol. Mm-hmm. I hate that.
2: Mm.
0: I feel like a salesperson asks someone, "Just tell me how much do you spend on food, how much do you spend on cigarettes, how much do you spend here." Would it make sense to reinvest that into? If you're not a fucking financial planner, yeah. and you can't tell people how to spend their money. Yeah, there is a way around that of like uncovering that. Hey, like they are spending money on that. But you want them to realise that they can reinvest that into health mm. without you getting out your calculator. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah,
1: I don't I don't do that either. I don't think that's the right way to do it. Because like I said earlier, you can lead a horse to the water, you can't make them drink it. So even if you could get it down to five dollars per day, if someone doesn't want to <laughs> read coffee exactly, a day they're you know, if they're not wanting or they don't think it's worth spending that on their health, they won't do it.
0: Yeah, here's the thing. They want the coffee. They don't want your program. Correct. <laughs> That's my favorite part of my day.
1: Exactly. The coffee is going to give them that dopamine hit, and the program is not.
0: <laughs> okay. So we're not. We're both. We both agree. We're not big fans of breaking down their budgets mm-hmm. to overcome cost. Mm-hmm. So, before we role play, how do you typically overcome cost? And on the flip side, like, how would you make them realize that they probably can afford it? Or Is it all down to like, they do not value it or you haven't done a good enough job creating value?
1: Well, like you cannot pluck money out of thin air. So I find money to be the hardest logistical objection to overcome because if they don't have it, they do not have it. Like it's as simple as that. You know, sometimes you're speaking to a a single mom of three kids who literally allocates every single cent to something. So, you know, the only thing you can do is, is basically try and uncover if it really is money, that's the issue here, or if there is something else. That's getting in the okay.
0: way. And what percentage, same to partner, do you think a logistical, like, hey, Brooke, like, I'm, I'm being straight with you. I haven't, I can't afford this versus it's another fear based objection. It's an easy thing to say. I need to review the budget before I commit.
1: Yeah. It, again, it's like, it's, it's few and far in between. I think if you do a really good job upstream, you'll get you know, you'll, you'll get inclinations that money is going to come up as an objection. If you do a job at seeding them, understanding their problems, they'll definitely have some things that come up around the cost of the program. So
0: one of my favorite questions, Brooke, from the script is like, well, what have you tried previously? Yeah. And if they say that anytime fitness was, was expensive, we're in trouble.
1: Exactly. They're like, oh, I did, um, Noom just recently, but God, that was expensive.
0: 25 bucks a month.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there yeah. and then you need to to, to, to
2: ask them what, when you say expensive, what do you mean by that? You know? That's where I would handle that objection. Are you there, Brooke? Yep.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could I miss that? So let's just go through so someone says Noom's expensive, right? Mm-hmm. Twenty five bucks a month, your program's six hundred a month. Mm-hmm. How and you hear that objection, right? Mm-hmm. And traditional salespeople will avoid the objection, blast through it and just hope for the best. Mm-hmm. How would you, would you start seeding that like, hey, like you wouldn't say Noom sucks, but like, oh, Noom didn't work. And do you believe they think it's expensive or do you believe they think it's expensive because they didn't get the result?
1: Well, we don't know, Jamie. So we have to ask the question. So I would actually say, when you say Loom was too expensive, what do you, what do you mean by that? And then they would say, Oh, well, Brooke, all I got was this, 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 and that. And I was paying basically for a bot to tell me what to do. So now you know that it wasn't that she doesn't have the money. It was that she didn't think the value for what she was spending was Mm. there. Okay.
0: Yeah. That's a much better way to say it. So let's just say that the cost, let's just say that cost isn't a problem. Mm -hmm. You've identified that this person can do the program. They can afford the program at the end of the call they still give you a cost objection. So if you want to pitch me again, Mm -hmm. and this is the last one that we'll go through in regards to how to overcome cost. Cool.
1: So the investment for you to lose is 30 kilos so that you can be that present mother and wife that you want to be is 3297. Okay. How much? 3297.
0: So 3297. Yeah.
1: Now we do have options to split that up. We can even split it across 12 months, which brings your repayments down to $70 per week. Okay, so where would you like to go from here?
0: I'm um, just like with something that expensive. I like to typically go away and just look at the budget. I'm not sure if I can I can fit it in.
2: Mm, yeah, I, I,
1: I mean I understand that. Is tell me, is money the only thing holding you back from moving forward today?
2: What does the program include?
0: Like 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 like, what do I get for my money?
2: Well, well. Just
1: put, put money aside for a moment. We, we, this is a bigger problem here. I mean, do you actually think this is the program
2: for you? Oh, I think you cut it again. Hello.
0: I've got you now. Okay.
1: So I said, let's put money aside for a moment. I mean, do you actually. Sorry to
0: all the people live. This will come out better in the podcast. Are you there, Brooke? Yep,
1: I'm here. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I
0: can't pay you for your program if you keep cutting out,
1: Brooke. I know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: not right. I don't cut out on Zoom. I don't cut out on anything else. Yeah. It's just this.
0: <laughs> so anyone that records a podcast, use Riverside because <laughs> this records locally, so it's going to look perfect in post-production. Good. So I said to you that I need to review the budget, and then I said to you, um, well, what do I get for my money?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, before we look at that, Jamie, I mean, money aside for a moment, do you actually think, given everything we've discussed, that this is the program for you?
2: Yeah, yeah. Why,
1: why though? I, I think so. Why, why though? Why do you think that?
0: Well, I, just, I like the idea of having a one-on-one coach because like, I haven't had that before. Okay. And, I, and, and like I know what I'm like. I need someone like I need someone on my side.
2: Mm,
1: exactly. Okay, so let me ask you this then. If I gave you a bag of money right now and said, I want you to use this towards doing the program, would you do it?
0: With the one-on-one coach there, like that person's going to be with you. Yeah, 100%. Like if I have that person with me and I have that accountability call and they're by my side, like I know I can do it and I know I can get the result.
1: Okay. So just to clarify, you you know this is the solution for you if you have that one-on-one coach. If you
0: Yeah, it's what I need. Okay.
1: If you had that bag of money, you're doing it. So would it make sense that you and I have a conversation on on how we can make this work as, a, as opposed for – you know, looking for reasons not to do it.
0: Hey there, Brooke.
2: Yes, I'm here.
0: Yeah, what, what, that sounded good. What you say? What was the thing? So I've got the bag of money and what am I going to do?
1: I said, just to clarify, you've got the bag of money, you're doing it. You know that one-on-one support is is going to help you see results. So would it make sense that we have a conversation on how we can make this work as opposed to looking for reasons not to do it?
0: Well, like in terms of the payments, like you said it was, how, how much is it again over 12 months?
1: So $70 a week across 12 months.
0: And like I, I get paid monthly. Like is, is, do I have to put, like how do I pay?
1: Yeah, so we can split it into monthly payments for you if that would make it easier.
0: And once again, for the people at home playing along, they're going to literally think that I just gave you a lay down objection. That's what happens. Like it's literally just like, like it's more like, well, what do, what do I get for my money? Mm, mm. Like, am I going to see value? Am I going to commit? And then like, can I, how do I pay for it? VSB and ask. But they literally may have a question like, hey, like, do you accept MX? Mm -hmm. You just don't know.
2: Yeah. Are you there, Brooke? I'm here. All
0: right. Last thing, we'll wrap it up for the day. Brooke, 60 seconds. What is she sells? Why are you starting it? And why are you so passionate about it?
1: So hopefully you can hear all of this. So she sells is a sales training company for women. And the reason that I'm starting it is because the sales industry is so dominated by males and there's nothing wrong with that, but I feel like women think that they can't do it, you know, or they they veer away from sales because of their own sales experiences with it being manipulative and pushy and that's just so against our Genetic makeup as a as a woman, so I want to be able to give them a skill set that gives them that flexibility that that work life balance to be a present mom and to still have that financial independence so yeah sixty second recap
0: and in terms of financial independence, so you were a were you a teacher I was a teacher right? yeah yeah, and like roughly, what do you earn as a teacher
1: Ooh, well back then I was on like when I first
2: started sixty seven k a year. Yeah, sixty-seven k a year.
0: And when you learn the skills to sell, like, like if you don't mind sharing, like, like I know people don't like talking about money, which I think is silly because money is very, very important. Mm -hmm. How much money do you make at the moment as a high ticket inbound closer?
1: So I make twenty between anywhere between fifteen and twenty-five k a month every month.
2: I think you cut out, Brooke. So I make
1: anywhere between 15 and 25K per month.
0: Every month? Yeah. High ticket closing. Mm -hmm. What a great lifestyle to be able to work at home with your family, to travel overseas, to be a nomad. Mm -hmm. And you are a natural born salesperson. What's been your best ever month as an inbound closer?
1: Uh, It was just recently, I made $28,000.
0: That's exactly what I made in, in my second month. I went from literally zero to 7,000 to 28, and I couldn't believe it when it happened. (laughs) Like Mm. the opportunities out there when you develop the skills to be an inbound hot ticket closer, to be able to sell over the phone, to have the confidence, and to actually enjoy the process of being a salesperson, to not feel like a piece of shit. Mm. It truly is a magical thing. And where I'm so passionate about sales, Brooke, is like you are selling or you are being sold. I am selling every single person in my life why I want them to do the things that I do.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, I just want to clarify also, like that's not me opening up 16 hours a day. I'm working between five and six hours every day with inbound calls. So to make $28,000 doing that, I mean, that's pretty a pretty impressive result.
0: All right, guys, Brooke's internet connection is still playing. We'll wrap it up there. Point is, is there is amazing opportunities out there. Brooke is one of the best fitness closers in Australia. Her coaching program, She Sells, is going to be amazing. Two people have helped me with sales, Brooke and AP. Thank you so much. And if you are looking for help with sales, you should definitely reach out to Brooke if you want experience doing high-ticket closing. Brooke, thank you so much for coming on. I'd appreciate your time.
1: Thanks, Jamie. Sorry about the internet. It's
0: all good. (laughs) All right, Bye.